Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Colossians 2. Body Solutions If you lived in San Antonio, Texas in the late 90s, early 2000s, you know what I'm talking about. Because Body Solutions was everywhere. Ads in the newspaper, ads on TV, big flags flying uh, by the freeway. If you went to a San Antonio Spurs basketball game, sometimes there'd be a Body Solutions towels on every seat. in the whole arena. This business was everywhere in San Antonio. And what it was, really, it was selling a weight loss solution that the way it was pitched, it sounded straight up like magic. I mean, the sales pitches people would read were, this has helped me lose weight and it doesn't matter what I eat. It doesn't matter what I do, all right? I just magically lose weight in my sleep. And if it sounds too good to be true, That's because it was. It was too good to be true. The whole thing was a sham. The owner of that company, which at one point was one of the most prominent businesses in the city of San Antonio, ended up in jail. And probably a lot of people were like, I knew something was funky with that the whole time because it sounded too good to be true. Because there's certain things with, with fitness, for instance, where you can tell, no, there's a shortcut that's being sold to me there. And and there's certain things that I'm going to need if I really want to be healthy, that there will not be a shortcut around. Well, if yesterday we learned about the danger of deviation, one of those deviations will be, you will be sold shortcuts as a Christian. Uh, You know, this, this work of following Christ, ah, here's, here's a shortcut. This will make you really godly. You need to be skeptical of any claim that you hear like that. Oh, here's the shortcut to real godliness or even anything that's not Christ in a relationship with him that people will try to sell you as, oh, this is the true secret to real godliness. You need to be very skeptical of those claims. And we're going to see so much of that here in Colossians chapter two. I think you've seen some of the theological groundwork laid for that back in chapter one, especially verses 15 through 23, which really talks about Christ and who he is and the work of reconciliation that he has done. And then chapter one ended with Paul really talking about the heart of a minister, that he wants to minister that truth of Christ and reconciliation to people. And you see some more of that at the beginning of chapter two. Um, You see the heart that he has. He's never met the Colossian people. He hasn't done ministry in that town, but he describes his heart for them as a great struggle. He is inwardly struggling for them. He, He longs for them to grow in Christ and he longs for them to be encouraged. He longs for them to be knit together in love. And he longs for them to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So there again, you see that the centrality of Christ, Christ is what we need. Anybody that's trying to sell you, well, what you need is Jesus and this. No, what you need is 
Christ, because in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And he's warning them. Verse four, I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. I don't want anybody to come to you with the Christian form of body solutions. Hey, you'll magically become like Christ when you sleep. If you just do fill in the blank. He's warning them against them. And the alternative is, well, verses six and seven. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. You want to grow? You want to be godly? You want to be holy? This is what you do. As you received Christ, now you walk in him rooted and built up in him, established in your faith and and being thankful. That's how you're going to grow. One writer summed up a lot of the Christian life by describing it as a long obedience in the same direction. A long obedience in the same direction. There's no secret. There's no shortcut um, to godliness. It's uh, every day I'm going to walk in Christ and I'm going to be established in him by faith and I'm going to trust him and I'm going to abound in thanksgiving. And I'm going to do that every day. And the more I do that, the more time I give that, the more godly I will become. And we need to be warned about anything else. And that's so much of what the rest of the chapter gets to. Verse eight says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. According to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Now, we'll see a lot of things. Again, I think it's even helpful that this chapter doesn't use super specific language and doesn't even tell us in very specific terms, well, this is the exact kind of teaching I'm warning you about there in Colossae. I think it's helpful that it uses broader language because it will help us now as Christians in all times and in all cultures see the kind of things we should watch out for. And here, I think things that pass themselves off as worldly wisdom, you know, philosophy or human tradition, this is what has worked. So things that are just philosophical or maybe even pragmatic or traditional according to the principles of the world, you will see many ways that happens today. Oh yeah, you need Jesus, but you also need this. You you need Jesus and you know some other kind of philosophy if you're really going to understand. And again, some of the things that will get mixed with Jesus will just be outright bad and and sinful things, right? If we're concocting some form of, well, you know, you can just give in to all the sin that you want as long as, you know, you show up at church on Sunday. No, that is just inherently dangerous. Maybe there are some things that aren't inherently evil, but when we try to say, well, along with Christ, they're necessary for real godliness, that becomes a problem. And it explains why. Why do we not need to add anything to Christ? Um, Verse 9, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. You don't need anything else because you have been filled in Christ. And, And then again, we see something that's been a common issue in our New Testament reading, the issue of circumcision. Well, do you need to be circumcised? And Paul's saying, no, you have been circumcised really spiritually. In Christ, and you have been baptized 
in him and you've been raised with him through faith. Christ has done it. And verses 13 and 14 are two of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. What else do you need? Nothing. All you need is Christ. And then verse 15 brings up something he'll get into later. He'll talk about worship of angels. And I think we can cover some of this up even with the idea of um, superstition. Or sometimes even as Christians, when we think about things in the spiritual realm, it can lead us to be superstitious about maybe demons or things like that. And verse 15 reminds us, no, we don't need to add human uh, superstition to our trust in Christ because he, Christ, disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. I guess the he there at the beginning is really talking about what God has done by triumphing over these powers in Christ. Uh, What an amazing thing. And so therefore, as we see in verse 16, we don't need some of these external rules and regulations, food and drink or a festival or a new moon or Sabbath. These are a shadow of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. We don't need rules and regulations that are just about external or ceremonial things because sometimes those will be sold really as a shortcut. Oh, if you really want to be godly, you'll you'll do this. Or later it says, why do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. And this could be a whole variety of things from, I mean, some of the things we see here, well, if you really want to be godly, you'll keep all the Old Testament feasts and even the Old Testament dietary laws. Now, is it a bad thing if somebody does those things? I I don't think so. But if it's being sold as, well, this is what you'll do if you really want to be godly, that I think is a problem. And, And it can be other things. I mean, it can be something as simple as, well, real Christians get dressed up when they go to church. You know, real Christians, as I think about maybe my upbringing, you know, real Christians wear a suit and tie to church on Sundays. And so much of that thinking, whatever it might look like, gets summed up in verse 23. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. You can wear a suit to church every Sunday. You can never drink a drop of alcohol. You can never, ever watch an R-rated movie, and you can still be a degenerate sinner, right? These external regulations will not change your heart. They will not stop you indulging the flesh. What you really need is Christ. What you really need is a long obedience in the same direction and to be walking in him day by day. So there can't be any spiritual shortcut that goes around Christ and makes you magically grow and become like him overnight. No, it's a day by day walking with him. And so, again, there's so many things that can be mixing in human philosophy and secular ideas with Christ, setting up all these rules and regulations. Even some of the things that mentioned here, I think, can touch to emotionalism. Oh, well, what I'm really looking for and doing 
my whole life is one of my old pastors, but it put it is I'm chasing spiritual goosebumps, right? Oh, when I feel a certain way, that's when I'm really close to Christ. Beware of, of chasing that. Uh, there's just so many things or even, well, you, you know, you have to have this particular belief about a, a secondary issue or maybe even an extra biblical issue. You know, that's the, what the really godly people w- will think. They'll all think this exact thing. No, none of those things are shortcuts because none of those things can truly stop your flesh. None of those things can turn you away from the works of the flesh and fill you with the fruit of the spirit. Only walking in Christ, only walking in the spirit can do those things. Even just reading your Bible every day, that is something you absolutely should do. But that in and of itself, if you're not really even doing it right, will not just magically make you like Christ. You you have to read the Bible with the right heart and even with the right goal. I'm not doing this as an end in itself. I'm doing this because I want to know God. I want to know what his plan is for my life through his word. I want to submit my heart to his will. If you read the word that way, it will help you. But again, it won't be some magical thing overnight. It will be day by day, walking in the spirit, day by day, reading the word, submitting to what it says. Beware of any spiritual shortcut that is being sold to you. Because unfortunately, many of those people, they might not end up in jail, like the owner of Body Solutions, but they'll end up out of ministry because people will find this this doesn't work. Or many times it won't work in their own lives and, and they'll have some moral failure because they were buying what they were selling, some shortcut. It's not going to stop the indulgence of the flesh. What we need is Christ and what we need is to walk in him. I hope this encourages you to do that, that today would be another day of long obedience in the same direction, that today would be another day of I'm walking in Christ. Just like I received him, I'm continuing to walk in him day by day, hour by hour, moment by moment. There's no shortcut to that. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.